Welcome, friends, people for peace, pods of consciousness, planetary citizens, wherever you are today listening to Glocal News in Social Artistry, where we have the pleasure of talking to people that have been and are building a more humane world from the inside out. I'm your host, Dick Dalton. I'm here in the KOPN studios in Columbia, and my guest today is Doug Banner, who we have on the phone from Bellingham, Washington. Good morning, Doug. Good morning, Dick. How are you doing? Well, I'm feeling great. We have a, a good weather day here. I'm sitting in uh, a nice uh, chair looking out a window that I've hung the earth flag in so that I'm kind of... Uh, viewing the earth floating in this uh, a color of bluish purple with some metal grate behind it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that makes it art. <laughs> it is definitely an artistic piece. <laughs> uh, so that's sort of my physical sensory. I got a remainder of a cup of coffee here. Uh, yeah things like that. How's your morning going? It's a little earlier in Washington. It's, it's earlier. It's 8 o'clock in the morning. I generally get up at 6. Uh-huh. And I have my coffee outside. We've had some just very pleasant weather here. Mm-hmm. And my backyard is kind of a bird sanctuary. I have a small pond that I built and lots of plantings. So I go out and I enjoy the bird song um, in the morning because the water brings the birds in. Yeah. And But I have to sit in my office to talk to you because outside, I was outside of uh, I just there you're back. Uh, say that oh, yeah. again. You're. I said. Well, I moved back into my my office in my home where I where I do my writing and stuff because the, I was outside and there are so many birds in the backyard that it was too loud here. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's sort of a great problem to have. Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah, uh, I have a, a deck. Uh, wife and I have a, a deck on our house that sort of sits in a big cluster of trees and and. I probably don't have near as many birds as you do, but they let me know they're there. So mm-hmm. it's a pleasant way to start the day. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, I was thinking that uh, I first met you maybe three, four years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, they called it a social artistry summit. Uh-huh. I, I just had walked in to the evening meeting and you came over and said, uh, somebody said that you might make a good prisoner. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's where, that's right. <laughs> you were doing the, an amazing uh, exercise with us that uh, certainly something I'd never done before. Right. And right. had masks for all of us. And yes. uh, so you approach things in ways that um, sort of maybe catch us off guard a little bit. And, yep. and I'd, I'd like to explore during our 50 minutes here today uh, sort of how you came through the, uh, the evolution of uh, adopting these different tools in your, in your toolkit and uh, mm-hmm. maybe where you've used them and how, how they've been successful and things like that. I understand you're retired now, but of course that simply means <laughs> you're busy in well, a different way. Right. What I, what I tell people is I'm repurposed. Repurposed. Very I'm good. Repurposing. Very good. <laughs> you know? right. Yeah, my doctor said I probably have another 40 years to live, and I'm going, oh man, what am I going to do with another 40 years? <laughs> you know, so well, I decided, well... My dad started a new career at 85, so... Yeah, uh, why not? Right. Yeah, you know, things happen. Yeah. So I've basically decided to to move down this path that we're talking about today is uh, is to look at the world um, and what I can do in it along these lines of um, the teaching strategy is called discrepant events. Say that you, say that again. Dis what? It's called discrepant event. It's it's you come into a situation and something happens that pushes you outside of your comfort zone, maybe or is, is a surprise to you or causes you to have to, to reprocess, um, which is what I did to you all down at the mm-hmm. social artistry thing when we were exploring, right. we were exploring the archetypes within, um, 
within the within the culture in our society. Oh, okay. And, could, yeah, and could you go back why, and and spell this word discrepant? I've never heard this word before. It, okay, so it's it's D I S D I S D I S. Yeah, C R E P A N T discrepant. C R E P A N T, right? Yeah. All right, I'll look it up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know what uh, it means now that you've described <laughs> it. I use it in my own classroom. So Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, great. Okay. And it's a it's a great way to to uh get people to to change um how they think about things. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what I've decided. I'm not trying to convince anybody of anything new or any, I'm just trying to get them to to look at the wor- the world as it is. And say, okay, is this true? And I thought, I thought that your mindfulness exercise um, that uh, you started with, that I just listened to, was was perfect about the story. You know, um, just the, the story that is being told right now doesn't necessarily it doesn't necessarily have to be the reality. We can change that. So you were listening as Royda Kroos was giving her wellness moment. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, did that uh, statement, by the way? Uh, ring any memory bell with you? Do you remember hearing uh, somebody named Angeles Arian use that uh, description of uh, this is a healing story, or uh, you know this? Yeah, is I've sto- heard it a number of times. Um, yeah. my, see, my my primary uh, golden thread, if you will, of, uh, that I follow mm-hmm. in my life is around the narrative. Okay. And the, you know how the story works, and and so, in the trainings that I've had with with different elders and and medicine people and and psychics and hypnotherapists and psychologists, we're always looking at. I'm always looking at that golden thread and the and the narrative underlying narrative. Hmm. So uh, you know, when when we're looking at the world, the 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 social narrative that we're we're overburdened with is everything's bad. Okay. You know? uh, and it's if you really stand back and look at it, like Steven Pinker did a, a, a TED talk about violence in the world. He said, actually, if you look at the history of human humans on the planet mm-hmm. and violence in the world, these are actually the more more most peaceful times we've ever lived in. I, I, yes, I've heard someone say that before too. Yeah, that's excellent. Yeah, yeah. but that's not the media message that we get. Mm-hmm. And so, if if we can actually over overdose on the media message, and, we, and the the task that I try to get folks to do is to look at that media message and say, okay, is that true? Um, how many times does that really happen? What are the what? Are, how many people are really that way? Mm-hmm. Um, I travel in, internationally, and I find that oh well you know South Africa isn't isn't as dangerous as as people say it is mm-hmm. and 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 traveling through China we did a, a cultural project in China for four years over actually uh, for, started in 1998 and ended in 2011 a cultural pre- preservation project and you know the media message that Chinese are very stoic and not very demonstrative and I, well I was working in these villages and these people were the most demonstrative gen generous compassionate, <laughs> compassionate people i'd ever met in my life i mean they would they'd give you their last bite of food just so so wow. because you were the guest you know it's just completely contradictory to mm-hmm. to the to the stereotype that we're given same in japan mm-hmm. thailand uh yucatan you know all these places uh where where we where our stereotypes get challenged if we travel there or if yeah. we meet people there uh, so that's the that's the narrative. That's that's the way I look at it. And the golden thread is that creative component of our of our lives that we that we follow. Last week, uh, I had on a, a young Mizzou grad who mm-hmm. uh, spent the last three years traveling mm-hmm. and uh, listening to people's stories, and yep. uh, is traveling forty seven countries. I think he has now. Uh-huh. And he was he was giving a very similar take on it that mm-hmm. you know it's so not what people are saying it is, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. particularly in terms of safety and uh, right. uh, kindness of people and things like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's one of your golden threads. Uh, I understand uh, that you actually sit on a three-legged stool. 
so narrative is one of the three legs. Am, mm-hmm. am I am I on the right track here? Well, I figure. Well, edu- teaching is is one of my legs, right? And then okay, okay, and then and then I think art, um, creative, you know, just the creative process, uh, the work that we did with the Flow Project, which was to really try to understand the the uh, conditions of flow and how we could actually teach people how to attain the flow state. Well. I just listened to uh, an interesting interview with you um, where Rebecca Rhapsody uh, was talking oh, yeah. to you about uh, story. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I was doing my research homework. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> and You probably and, know more about me than I do. <laughs> and so, uh, so you had mentioned narrative flow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And social artistry as oh, yeah. uh, sort of yeah. like three legs of a stool. Yeah. Uh, so I understand that in different contexts, those the legs shift slightly, but uh, right, that's cool. Yeah. Well, I think I think um, you know the, the for me, I, it's not separate. You know, uh, so the narrative and flow and. Um, social artistry are are very much interconnected mm-hmm. and so you know i was trained as an engineer so very very reductionist in thinking take oh, everything apart didn't right? know that mm-hmm. yeah that was, it was my first degree and and so as an engineer everything has to be taken apart and then put back together mm-hmm. and it's very reductionist in its approach you know it's it's the cartesian scientist right yeah it's mm-hmm. everything's pieces and you understand the whole by understanding the pieces and mm-hmm. As I've moved through, I guess, becoming more self-actualized or, or more aware, um, understanding how energy flows in the world uh, between people and living things and, mm-hmm. and that, I come to see that it's, it's, there's no disconnect. It's, everything has to be connected. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we have, to take, we have to do a step back. So in understanding flow, we had to do a step back and start interviewing artists and say, okay, you know what does flow mean to the artist, and how do you attain flow? How do you tell your? How do you understand when you're in the flow state? Mm-hmm. What are the things that happen to you psychologically in the flow state, physically in the flow state, but also spiritually in the flow state? Mm-hmm. You know, that's the, the 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 time when you're at your optimum in creative. Uh, what's the word? I can't think of another word to, yeah, <laughs> to describe it. Right? <laughs> it's the flow. You yeah. know, and so maybe and we so, should we should. Talk to listeners about uh, Larry, who who is the main flow guy, um, otherwise known as Mahaley Shistashoka. Mahaley. Chick sent Mahai. I think uh, I was told to read his book, uh, The Evolving Self, yes. in the year 2000. Yes. And I didn't take away the word flow as much as I took away the word meme mm-hmm. because of my needs in teaching at that moment mm-hmm. and um, and so I then get to a social artistry workshop and there's Don Beck who his memes are just everywhere in his presentation mm-hmm. so I just asked him about it and he said oh uh, well Mahaley's family just calls him Larry <laughs> Larry, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I I knew him. I talked to him. You know, got permission to to use his work as part of the foundation for our research. And he did not give me permission to call him Larry. So yes, yes, him, right, right, right. I just called him Doctor Mahai. <laughs> well, so when you're, you know, just to talk about flow, uh, one thing that came to mind as you were just describing your mm-hmm. questions is if someone were to stop and think about the answers to those questions while they're in flow, it might take them out of flow. It would. That's why it took a year, a full year of interviews to, to get to an understanding yeah. of, of what flow was. Yeah. Okay. And also h- how we set, uh, we used a, a, qualita- a, a qualitative analysis approach, approach called grounded theory. 
where you don't know what the question is until you start talking, and then you analyze the, the dialogue, and then mm. you find a question in that. So the way the, the uh, inquiries were set up, as I analyzed the, the artist's conversation, some point would emerge, and then that would become the, the, the focus point for the next question. Uh -huh. So it's a deep exploration, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Well, we also very ritually set up the interviews. So we, we always had water present. We would light a candle present. Even though we had recording equipment things in the room, mm -hmm. we took away the tables and that and had an open circle. Mm -hmm. And we, we actually created sacred space. Yes. And in, in that sacred space, people would actually... Uh, accessed a deeper place. Mm -hmm. So if I were to ask you, how do you define yourself as an artist? Well, I paint, or I do this, or I do that. Well, when you ask the artists in a sacred space, how do you define yourself as an artist? All of a sudden they go into a, a, a conversation about the spiritual element of creativity. Uh. How, how there's a surrender mm -hmm. to a higher source. How there's a trust in the process that's happening. How, one, of, one of the artists um, Native American woman named um, Silversong Belcourt, she described as being the hollow bone, hmm. so hmm. that so that the the energies of from the from the higher from the higher self, the creative force in the mm -hmm. universe flows through you, mm -hmm. and you become the vehicle for whatever that material expression of art becomes, mm -hmm. whether it's a dance or a song or a painting mm -hmm. or a carving or whatever it is. But mm -hmm. it's it's a complete surrender of the ego, hmm. is the hollow bone. Mm -hmm. And so as we created these sacred spaces and had these conversations, people were actually in the flow state hmm. and tapping into that creative place and describing where they were mm -hmm. rather than intellectualizing it. Right. And that's what we really had to work on. That's why it took a whole year for these interviews was to get out of the head and into the heart. So creating the context was a you created the context through ritual yeah. is yep. primarily the yep. the tool yeah which is not really a, a, a acceptable methodology in the in the world of science you know what do you mm -hmm. mean you create sacred space to do your research in mm -hmm. um so we didn't call it research we called it inquiry because really that's okay. what it was mm -hmm. and um we we used that sacred space very consistently and created and the biggest, the, the, the number one issue to start, we found, was safety. People hmm. did not feel safe um, in the world. Artists, artists generally uh, expressed a, a, a lack of feeling safe in the world uh, this, because of this, the narrative, that, you know, the starving artist narrative, the meme oh. of the starving artist, right? Yeah. And so even to become an artist is, a, is, a, is an unsafe thing to do. Hmm. And, and so according to the artist. Mm -hmm. And so, and then once you put your art out there, there's a risk of not being accepted. So again, that's an unsafe thing to do. Then once you're accepted, do you keep doing the same thing and become a factory artist, or do you explore your medium more? That's an unsafe thing to do. Mm -hmm. and, and so safety was a great, huge, giant conversation in, in, term, in terms of flow. You, you cannot find that optimal creative flow if you don't feel safe. Wow, good point. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so transferring that over, uh, number one, I have to say, everybody's an artist, but in our culture, we kind of, we, we, we oppress that in people. Mm -hmm. I was going to say suppress, but I think we actually oppress it. Mm -hmm. Everybody's an artist. Everybody is creative in some way, mm -hmm. okay? Whether you're painting or whether you're cooking, or whether you're raising children, teaching is an art form. Community work is an art form. Volunteerism is an art form. All of these pieces that I've looked at over the last years, everybody has a creative element in themselves. And so this whole process that we discovered with artists and how to obtain flow can apply to everything. And that's how we ended up at the, at the summit, um, at Gene's Summit, because we were presenting... We started presenting our work to social artists. Social artistry is an art form. I mean, it's right. half the name of the, of the work. Right. And um, so I did an analysis of one of Gene's talks 
and I pointed out at this at this uh, meeting that we had. I said, "Well, you know, you call yourself social artists, but there's no there's no language of art anywhere in these talks. There's no language of art in your conversations." Mm-hmm. And it was it, it was that that same experience you had when I when I came up and said you'd make a good prisoner, mm-hmm. you know there was this kind of sudden stop in the room. I said, "What do you mean?" And so then we talked about feeling safe and trusting the process and reaching a higher higher self and all of those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. So that's where I'm taking the work now is is out into the world as freeing up people's creative uh, self. Mm-hmm. You know what the what the in the Hawaiian cosmology I think they call it the Aumakua. Mm. It's that, that that higher creative self that one can access. Mm-hmm. Um, so was there a product from the Flow Project that people could access? Well, Sky is actually writing a book right now. Sky Burn. Um, Sky Burn. Yeah, uh-huh. was was my my partner in crime. In okay. The, in the, yeah, the, the the whole project was actually her her dream child. Ah, okay. And now there's an interesting story. I, I, may I digress momentarily? Well, <laughs> well, that's that's all we do here. At <laughs> oh, is that good? Okay, good, good, good. Okay, so your golden threads, your golden thread, and other people's golden threads were kind of flowing out there. This is my version of string theory, right? Okay. Your golden thread, you're 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 flowing along in your life, and as long as you're staying true to your golden thread, the universe will contrive to support you in that process. Mm-hmm. And there are people that we will meet in our lives who we are kind of destined to meet. Mm-hmm. And if you really pay attention when you meet people and you start talking to them and get their story and get their history and then start sharing histories, you'll find that there was an event that put you both on this particular path where, where your, your, create, your creative energies would cross. Well, back in... Uh, 1980 or so, I was building a house, and in the process, I was using a table saw, and I had an accident, and I lost a finger. Mm-hmm. And about that same time, in, on Waldron Island, uh, Sky Byrne was building her house and using a table saw, and she damaged, she didn't lose her finger, but she damaged the same finger. Wow. Yeah, and so she she noticed, of course, mine was missing, so you can't, you, you know, it's <laughs> obvious that something happened, right? <laughs> And so she she said when you know so she asked me about the finger and then she told me her story, and they the, it was in, within the same month that this happened. Oh my! And she said, "Well, what were you thinking of when that happened?" I was working, I, I was uh, upset about something when I was working, wasn't paying attention, so mm-hmm. I had an accident. Mm-hmm. And then her thing was she was being um, uh, prideful. Mm-hmm. Said, oh, I'm getting really good at this in whack. So. When we came together around the Flow Project and noticed these, these fingers and shared these stories, we realized that that event within that same month put us on a track where we would finally intersect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, there were many, many things that happened. It's a long and interesting story for mm-hmm. me and, and her, but, but these things happen. And so Sky and I ended up together. We met just briefly, and all of a sudden we knew mm-hmm. that we were going to do this project together mm-hmm. because I was working in the narrative flow state, and she was working in the artistic flow state completely independently of each other, and the two works had to come together in order to to, to come to fruition, and that's what exactly happened. Beautiful. We, we, yeah, we came together and worked for, um, what was it, uh, since 2008, so seven years that we worked on the project, and then it came to its natural ending, and then now Sky is writing the book. Huh. So when her book is out, there will be a, a great wonderful narrative about how the flow state has worked, not not only today and present, which is what I'm doing, but also in history. Hmm. Now, where, where the flow of creativity and human creativity is, has kept us going and moving, hmm. um, how uh, certain uh, elements of government of power have oppressed uh, areas where, where the flow state for people, the creative flow of people, was, was not allowed to exist mm-hmm. or was usurped. Um, it's quite a book. It's going to be quite a book. Um, well, wow. looking forward yeah. to it. Yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she sends me chapters and I read them, and then she goes, "Oh, my editor made me change this." So, you know, it, it's 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 a process. But I'm I'm thinking within the next year she's probably going to have it out. 
When we uh, we're going to take a short break, Doug. Okay. Uh, Doug Banner, uh, by the way, folks. I'm talking with Doug from uh, Bellingham, Washington, an educator, uh, social artist, uh, mythic fellow of sorts. <laughs> and uh, when we come back, maybe one of the things we can touch on is uh, how people can tap, well, not tap into, but f- but yield into flow state more effectively mm-hmm. and or we can uh, go in a little bit more into narrative or social artistry we have lots of things we can uh, we'll just become hollow bones and let the spirit guide us huh? i love it i love it <laughs> okay <laughs> all right so we'll be back in just a moment doug banner with uh, more local news in social artistry Welcome back to Glocal News in Social Artistry, where we get to talk to folks building a more humane world from the inside out. Doug Banner's my guest today out in Bellingham, Washington. Hello again, Doug. How you doing? Uh, Still the, there? Still in the office? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the engineer, uh, Dennis, seems to be uh, picking interesting things to uh supplement our show with today uh, yeah. I mean, uh, he had Roy Croce's wellness moment and then uh, a teach and then uh, we got a little wild there with the the wild man and uh, getting in the flow I think uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you've spoken a lot about uh, flow and the flow project and working mm-hmm. with Skyburn and uh, I don't know if you want to give us some insights as to how we may benefit or how we may yield into the flow more often mm-hmm. or um, if you'd like to shift gears uh, as you were saying uh, what does the spirit uh, feel like talking about uh, right. um, well I think where we could go is is to um possibly look at how the flow and, the, and social artistry come together. Okay. Primarily I'm thinking that because the teacher in me is, you know, thinking, okay, what, what would be beneficial to folks if they, if they were, to, were to listen to this? And, mm-hmm. and so, uh, you know, with, with the social artistry model, um, we have, you know, of course, we start with level one with a sensory physical um, understanding, awareness. Okay. Right. And then... The next level would be the psychological historical level, mm-hmm. um, where we're actually looking at our deep, deeper selves, and that's really where, where the narrative study starts. Okay. Uh, you know, when we're looking at the psychological historic level, well, let me back up. I'm just getting ahead of myself. So, the sensory <laughs> physical level is basically all of our senses come into awareness, and so we become present at the sensory physical level, and right. not just with our five basic senses mm-hmm. but also if you if you uh, are familiar at all with uh, Rupert Sheldrake and his work in in, in in psychic in the psychic world he says the sixth sense is you know a common thing lots of, of species have a sixth sense we have a sixth sense and that he calls it the title of his book is the sense of being stared at Hmm. That that sense of premonition that we might have, uh, if you've ever had an experience where the phone rings and you know who it is, that's sixth sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, it's just a level, it's just a heightened level of awareness. And then the seventh sense is the, that sense of, of deeper understanding of self, of connecting to the higher self, if you, if you think in those terms, or connecting to the creative force. Uh, in the Native American cosmology, it's the creator. They actually call it the creator. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, that, that the physical sensory awareness takes us in that, and that's it's just that it's in our bodies. Mm-hmm. 
And so then when we get into the psychological historic level, that's when the narrative really starts to play because we look at our history and we, and we start asking ourselves questions. You know, is this true? You know, I believe this. Is this true? Mm-hmm. And the thing that gets tricky in the narrative is that the things that we believe may have been have a foundation in truth or may have had a foundation in actual experience. But what we know from research in, in, in narrative is as we retell stories, we change them. And sometimes we make them worse, so we go down a negative pathway. Sometimes we make them better, where we forget the bad stuff and only remember the good stuff. Mm-hmm. And so on a psychological level, that, that wonderful thing about teaching that, that Dennis just gave us, you know, you wanted to be a teacher, what would your 12-year-old safe self say? Mm-hmm. You can actually go back and, and into, into your memory and find out where that changed for you. And that changes your story. And so what I always tell people when I'm teaching narrative or I'm working with mythology is that the story of the future is informed by the past and created in the present. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so on the, at that psychological historic level, you're really looking at your story, your personal story, mm-hmm. and what in that story is true. Um, I've done grief work with people who, who were, uh, had been abused as children. Uh-huh. Had done have done work with with uh, veterans with PTSD. Have worked mm-hmm. with with uh, children who have been abused. But the adult uh, children who have been abused, I have to ask the question: Are you still a child, and are you still being abused? Because th- those abuses, those traumas, create our behavior as adults in the present. Right. So it gives us an opportunity to really go back and say, No, I'm not a child anymore, and I'm not being abused. But it's affecting how I relate to other people. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Okay. So our, our, our defense mechanisms. Uh, and I'm going to translate it. Uh, our defense mechanisms were trying to protect us at one time. Right. But if we hang on to them, they become, right. as, as Gabor says, our saboteur. Uh, totally. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. They become the saboteur. They emerge as the shadow. They show up in our dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, and and how do you go back and do that? Well several ways that I've done. I've done shamanic training where I've done journey work, mm-hmm. you know, to, to a drum or chime or, 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 or bell, um, of going back in and, and meeting my younger self okay. uh, through, through shamanic work. I've also done work with, uh, as a, with, with a hypnotherapist and done deep work through hypnotherapy, mm-hmm. also doing that same kind of thing. And, you know, I, I don't want to misguide people. It's, it's work to do that because you come up against things that you really don't want to remember right and so looking at our habits mm-hmm. and then creating the story like how do i want to be from this point forward mm-hmm. okay and so then when we move on we get into the mythic symbolic and that's what i was working uh, with when we did that exercise in ashland right mm-hmm. with the masks with, mm-hmm. yeah playing with all the masks and, mm-hmm. and that work it, it's it can be great fun but it also looks at the deeper elements of ourself, you know, what roles are we playing, who's our, who's our authentic self, you know, maybe I'm being forced to be a scientist and what I really want to be is a painter. Um, maybe mom pushed, maybe even in art, mom, mom made me want to be a dancer, but I really wanted to, I just really wanted to carve wood, you know. Mm-hmm. But we look at those deeper mythical uh, elements to our stories, we look at the archetypes, those, those things that exist, which is interesting as I've traveled, I find that the archetypes exist different names but they're the same ones you've got the warriors you've got the dark mother you've got the light mother you've got the, the dark darth vader the dark the dark um, father all of those exist everywhere mm-hmm. you know and and even within the asian um cosmology they they have those those same archetypes it's just amazing that this is a human situation <laughs> yeah. you know it's not it's not just cultural and then finally when we we get all get it all together we've got the integral unity piece Okay, and the integral unity part of it is that every time we're touching the flow state, we're touching that piece of it where we're bringing it all together. Hmm. Um, okay. And so to get to that place, uh, there are certain things that the artists have identified that are essential to attaining the flow state. You know? And the first one is creating a safe space. Mm-hmm. 
you know so you, you you don't do this work out in the world necessarily unless you're within a safe space it's you know most artists have have people that they touch base with they have uh, uh, they create they have studios they have a cre- they create a safe space they have rich and and so creating a safe space is is essential mm-hmm. and then some kind of ritual is is also identified uh, one woman's ritual even though she didn't need to do it she would watch she was a painter and before she started a new piece she would she would wash every single brush in her studio wow. even the ones that she hadn't used mm-hmm. but she had to do that ritual another person was a sculptor and you know he worked in metals and in, before he started work he had a ritual he walked he had a creek by his house he walked to the creek and he said a prayer and he walked back and he said every time so you ritualizing the mm-hmm. beginning of, of, of the work you're going to do is this uh, even to the point where uh, a track star will uh, pull up the right sock a certain yep. height and yep. before each? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and mm-hmm. and the thing about the ritual is is there's an intentionality to it. It's not just a habit. It be, it's intentional. You're mm-hmm. you're what you're doing is you're preparing yourself to surrender. Mm-hmm. Artists, when I talk briefly about the, the spiritual element. Bar, bar none, I think all the artists that we talked to believed that they were working for something that was greater than themselves, mm-hmm. uh, some creative element in the universe, and right. you know that's that's not not creative, you know the, the the whole creative design thing and all that. It's it's like there's a creative energy in the universe that that wants to be expressed mm-hmm. and a beauty into mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Sorry, a beauty. Yeah, the beauty is, yeah, yeah, absolute beauty is. Uh, Silver Song used to say that her creative process was to create a world that she loved. Oh no, she, how was it? She said. Uh, she said her her creative process was to create a life that she loved in a world she loved to live in. Mm. And she spent mm-hmm. her whole life dedicated to that of creating a world that she loved to live in. Beautiful. And I love it. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, and Sky will say in her book. She'll say that the work of humanity is to create a world we love to live in. That's that's our work on the planet, mm-hmm. right? That's and like so a, a world that works for everybody. <laughs> it's got to work for everybody, yeah. and 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 that's that's part of why I'm trying to integrate all these things. Is you know I can sit with a group of of men in, in Swaziland and and talk about family the same way I can sit with my friends here in the United States and talk about family. We we have our same concerns of our children. We love our children. We love our wives. Mm-hmm. We're concerned about our jobs. We, you know, we have the same basic needs and beliefs and the same appreciations. Mm-hmm. And somehow we've, we've thrown a screen up. We've become other. We've made everything other. And the work of the flow state and the work of social artistry is to erode that wall of other. You know, so when you when you meet a person, uh, let's say at this, start thinking on a sensory physical level. What's my physical reaction to this person? You know, and then you start thinking as an artist. Okay, I'm. Is this person a threat? No, I'm gonna I'm gonna surrender this moment to knowing who this person is. Mm-hmm. Another element of the flow process. Uh, can, is, can I can I share uh, an example of that? Oh yeah, absolutely. So I'm. At a social artistry workshop in Ashland, Oregon, but uh, I guess it's either before or after the the thing is done, and I'm eating breakfast at at uh, one of the restaurants in town, and I see a, a table with three or four people that are they look other than me, <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, but they they have a an excitement about them, and I. I just am drawn to go over to them. And they have, they're a musical group. And ah. they had just recorded a demo. Mm-hmm. And they call themselves Shambhala. Oh, yeah. And they, the main singer doesn't use any words of any language, but she uses sounds. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, uh, they gave me the demo. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I was led to this particular radio show, I needed some intro music. 
<laughs> what did I find? Well, I got this beautiful demo from yeah, Shambhala, yeah. you know, from 12 years ago. I can't find them on the internet anymore, uh, so I don't know what happened to the group. But uh, so the music that you heard today was because of being open and feeling safe with mm-hmm. approaching the other mm-hmm. and uh, and some beauty came from yeah, yeah, I thought I recognized the music, but I could put my finger on it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I met them, too. <laughs> wow. We might have yeah. met them at the same breakfast. Uh, I, no, I met them someplace <laughs> else, but yeah, I, I met them. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Very good. So you're going to go to the next step of... of Flow. I, I interrupted you there. Yeah, so, that's fine. You know, that's okay. I'll I'll find my way back. So, um, so we've talked about you know, safety. We've talked mm-hmm. about ritual. We've talked about surrendering, um, believing that, that the work you're doing is is to a higher purpose. You're working for something greater than yourself. And there's there's two elements to that. One is that you're working something greater than yourself. That there's a, a like a universal energetic flow happening out there that you're tapping into. But the others. The other side of that coin is is you're working for humanity, which is greater than any individual. And there's that element of knowing you're doing the work of the world. Mm-hmm. And one of the one of the things that we found was very very useful is we picked something to symbolize the work that we were doing, the work of the world. Hmm. Uh, so what we have, I have it right here. It's a it's a beautiful glass stone that was made by a by an artist with with colors in it that looks. Sometimes it looks like a bear paw. It's red and yellow and green and blue, and then it has a flow in it, hmm. bubbles. Mm-hmm. So this piece represents the work. Uh-huh. And so when we have a circle, any any circle, whether you're having a staff meeting at your work or a staff meeting at your school or meeting with the family, you put this piece in the center uh-huh. to represent the work that you're doing and, and then identify the work. We're working to create a world that we love to live in. Mm-hmm. And then when the discussion happens, when uh, discord arises, when some voice comes up and you know disagrees or, or there's, a, there's a potential argument or something, we call for peace mm-hmm. you know, and get everybody to just, just take ten breaths and then honor the fact that the discord is part of the work. And it's mm-hmm. not about the person. It's about what the work needs. And this is another this mm-hmm. is another element of the surrender. It's surrendering to what the work is calling for. Okay. Uh, as a wood as a wood sculptor, um, I may be working on a piece. Uh, you know, uh, I do a lot of hand carved bowls because I like to keep the outside of the tree intact, but hollow out the inside, so that so it's a living piece. Mm. You know, it really has an honoring uh, element to the to the tree. So I might be carving along, and. I've I've got this idea about where I want to go, and I'll, but the wood has a different has a different understanding of where it wants to go. It has a life of its own. Okay. The grain may be swirled. If it's if it's right. bird's eye maple, let's say it's a, it's that white beautiful white maple with these little brown dots all in it. Hmm. If it's bird's eye maple, and I'm trying to carve it in one direction, and it doesn't want to go, if I force it, I'll ruin the piece. Mm-hmm. And early on, when I started, I had a lot of pieces that ended up in the wood pile. <laughs> So, so repurposed, <laughs> repurposed, yeah, exactly. So, so you know, when you understand that that you're doing the work of the world, you surrender to the life of the piece. That's it's, the piece has a life of its own. Right. The work has a life of its own, right. and discord is part of the creative process. Okay, you know, and and so conflict resolution, conflict resolution. If you look at theater arts. If you're a play, cannot is not a successful play unless there's some kind of conflict. I hear that, right? And and it, that's why you were the prisoner. You know? <laughs> <laughs> we had to have the prisoner um, archetype in there to rattle people's bones, you know. And you did a brilliant job. I tell, I tell everyone, you, he did a brilliant job. I was, it was scary how, how what a great prisoner he was. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Thank the universe. So, oh yeah, oh yeah. So, so as we're as we're moving through the levels of social artistry, we're also maintaining that understanding that that we're part of this work. The work has a life of its own. We have we have choices that we can make, and if we make choices that are supporting the work, the, as I said earlier in the conversation, as we're making choices that support the work, 
the universe will contrive to support us in our work. If we're mo- moving, if we're moving against the principles of the work, what the work is calling for, well, then we end up throwing it in the woodpile. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, taking flow state understanding and social artistry understanding and putting those together around the idea that the work has a life of its own mm-hmm. changes how we can work with each other. Okay. And, you know, yeah. people like yourself and, and myself, we, we're okay with approaching others that are, that are mm-hmm. different, where we find that there's an excitement to them. Mm-hmm. Um, other people might need that symbology of, the will, will I use a stone? You can use anything, um, mm-hmm. but it's, you can use it consistently. Mm-hmm. Um, picking a flower is not good because they die. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can't but using the to... same vase or something. Right. Um, and and the, what I'm thinking, this is this is where I want to go with in the future here, is to figure out how I can bring this kind of symbol, this kind of symbology, to community in a way that people mm-hmm. understand that that the that the conflicts within the community are part of the work, and it's not about the people. And if we can move that away from personalities and into doing the work, what I believe is that we might be able to move to a place where we've got positive, functioning communities, not free of conflict, mm-hmm. but, but free of violence, uh-huh. where, where conflict is seen as part of the creative process. Mm-hmm. And the voice that comes up in, in discord is a voice that the work is calling for, not some individual's personality. Sometimes it might be a personality, but I've, <laughs> but I've got to believe that it's it's about the work, and that's why the 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 social artistry elements and the flow project elements uh, and the narrative elements are all pieces that have to come together to make that that solid foundation for mm-hmm. us to stand on. Um, um, there are two things that that have been brought up that I'd like to share as we start to close up. Uh, one, with this uh, archetypal um, process that you took us through where I was the prisoner and other people uh-huh. had different archetypes to play, uh, you assigned uh, Gene Houston the, uh, I don't know, so the, the grandmaster kind of, I don't she know. Was a, she was a sacred observer. Sacred, okay, sacred observer. Yeah. I didn't know yeah. what her title was. Okay, so... Yeah. Uh, so she is watching all of this discord sort of uh, happen with these different archetypes, trying to deal with this prisoner guy that kept being mm-hmm. weird. Mm-hmm. And finally, uh, the sacred observer um, starts to speak in tongues. Mm-hmm. And whether Jean herself knew it or not, I have a history of speaking in tongues and Mm -hmm. so i heard a familiar voice Mm -hmm. that was not language that you know you could say that was meant this and that but but it connected at that spiritual level Mm -hmm. and drew the prisoner into the group and and in a sense of freeing the prisoner and resolving conflicts uh which i'm just to mention then a sacred observer is a very important role Mm -hmm. in Mm -hmm. all of these processes yep uh the other little piece is that i went to the first uh meeting last night in our community of jefferson city Uh It, it was their community workshop for uh their next uh uh plan they're gonna shape Jefferson City's future, and so this was a city-sponsored uh, development activity. So I'm thinking that maybe, uh, if you're willing, we could find a time to talk again on the show mm-hmm. about how your work with communities is developing mm-hmm. and ways that, whether it's Columbia or Jeff City or whoever, we've got lots of communities that are listening to this show, mm-hmm. uh, might benefit from some of the uh, things that you're finding and tapping mm-hmm. into. So uh, 
Yeah, it's yeah, real practical stuff. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm going to be actually doing a presentation on this material to um, it's the Whatcom County Outreach Program. It's a it's a community based organization that that reaches out to um, the underprivileged and marginalized populations, mostly mm-hmm. the children around education, uh-huh. and they're having some difficulties staff wise and and functioning wise and, and mm-hmm. developing goals. So. Uh, that'll be in September. Mm-hmm. Uh, be glad to come back after that and let you know how it went. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. Uh, we have returning folks that uh, uh, come back and tell us similar kinds of reports on projects that mm-hmm. they're working mm-hmm. on, so this will be great. Yeah, it'll motivate me to, to write it up, too. <laughs> okay, Doug. <laughs> so glad we hooked up. Uh, yes, absolutely. This has been wonderful. Uh, you might be interested to know that next week, uh, my guest is a, a local friend of mine who's written a book about uh, his memoirs of Vietnam. Oh, my goodness, yeah. As a tool, his subtitle, uh, well, his title is Alone in the Rain. Uh, uh-huh. The subtitle is Reliving Vietnam to Relieve PTSD. Yes. And it's it's a, a very personal book. Uh, uh, I've had a, the pleasure of working with him on so we get to talk to jim mccarthy next week uh, right oh yeah on the radio. okay so i end with a little uh, ritual myself doug uh, first i want to say thank you again and uh, look forward to thank next you. time and remember folks uh, wherever you are that is your world uh, please leave your world cleaner uh, more peaceful and more loving than you than you found it because if it is to be it is up to us so take care and talk to you soon <laughs>